welcome to your most favoritist one hour ish of fantasy baseball of the week. It's under the radar, part of the Athletic Fantasy Baseball Podcast. With me, as always, the refreshed from vacation, Ian Kahn. It is indeed true. It is very, it feels very refreshed, I have to admit. It really was necessary and needed. Drinking, uh, what's that, a nail inside a beer can, it sounds like? This <laughs> is this is some rhubarb oh, with nice. some ice and some crushed ice that was sort of at the bottom of the uh, ice bucket. Um, and so I, I, I'm, I'm excitedly drinking some rhubarb tonight. Check. I don't know if you can hear this. Uh, all I could find was a plastic cup on my way down here. But uh, this is the Clayton Distillery bourbon made from the corn mm. and the river water. So... I know you're, you're an honorary uh, Thousand Islander now, Ian. So I, I had the best time in in in, uh, in in Ithaca. I really did. Did you go to A and W? Did you make it to the A and W? No, it was 50 uh, miles outside of Ithaca. I did not. It's not. I have, no, it's I have not. stories. It's 10 miles. It's right by the college. Dude, it's 50 <laughs> miles. It's at the That's Cortland what... exit. Are you serious? Yeah. Me, me and my wife just didn't want to go because I was like, hey, can you check to see where the A&W is? Because we really should go. And she's like, Ian, it's 50 miles away. I was like, oh, why, why would they tell me to go to, to the A&W that's 50 miles away? I mean, it didn't make closed, any sense. But I don't think they did. Maybe they did. All right. Uh, anyway, gonna, let's I'm not dwell on that. Let's introduce the man who's two weeks away from his vacation. I feel like he's already stressed and forgot that he went on vacation. I already forgot. And then today I had burgers <laughs> in the freezer fall out of the freezer and land directly on my foot. And no. It might be an IL situation. Like, if I were a major league player, I might be going to the IL with one of the worst stupid accident injuries of all time. And, and you know, all, all fantasy, and I would call out, I would say, no, he got mad at his kid, kicked the door, and blamed it on hamburgers. Totally, that's what I would say. Yeah, let's make it a, make it a <laughs> smoothie. And so the, the uh, two frozen burger patties slid off of the eggplant lasagna and landed on my foot. Oh, damn. That's rough. It's not good, man. No, I'm sorry to hear that. I got it's delicious food in the freezer. It's just injuring me before I eat it. You be okay for the show? <laughs> Maybe. What kind of flavored seltzer are you drinking tonight? It's eating after dark, by the way. Don't, just in case someone thinks we're recording this at 9 a.m. Pomelo grapefruit. All right, nice. All right. Uh, so let's get to it. On today's show, we got a couple email questions coming in. Thank you, as always. <laughs> Fantasypods at theathletic.com. Um, wow. The Tyler Wade, I don't know what you would call it, situation. I call it the, uh, the undermining, all in caps. Uh, <laughs> it does make me laugh. <laughs> he's destroyed morale for our team. We've dropped uh, into sixth place. So more on that okay. later. But he's stolen three bases. Um, and then we, there's some, you know what? I, I want to start with some moves that were made. In the, we talk a lot about the GDD League, the Gotham Diamond District League. Um, yeah. And this isn't like, uh, you know, preening and just talking about how awesome our league is. I think right now with, you know, about three weeks left in the season, the trade deadlines have passed. The only way you can really fix your team um, is through the waiver wire. And also, like, you, know, you got a guy like Rowdy Telez who a week ago was hitting something like 240 and now he's up to 290 and he's just gone on this incredible tear in the last seven games. And you can see how it like just totally changes like Rowdy Telez is kind of carrying my team into like three or four extra standings points. And you almost tend to forget, like, yeah, it's September, but the season's like it's a month and a half old. And there's there's three or four weeks to go, and a lot can change. And I think Rowdy Telez, uh, Ian, maybe has become the, the poster child for this. Not not to talk about Rowdy Telez, but like how how quickly things can change 
in these last three weeks and why you need to keep paying attention. Without question, and I was talking to Glenn Colton this weekend about this very subject that it feels like well, we're in September, but in reality, it's like August 1st. In reality, it's May 1st. Well, you know what mm, I mean, right? Like, it's been a month. Flip that, though, because there's only three weeks left. So the season is two-thirds of the way done, essentially. Or maybe now a little bit more. But there's definitely time for big swings. There's a league, the Rotowire Dynasty Invitational, that I share with James Anderson and the team. Ding. And uh, he and I have been fighting with Eddie Almanguer all season for first place. Today, Brett Sayre, out of nowhere, is now in first place. Like, literally, out of nowhere. He had like he got like six home runs in one day, like thirty, you know, ridiculous RBI, and now all of a sudden it's like, oh, Brett's going to win this league. We've been no, there's the ding. James Anderson just uh, texted. He knew. Um, but but the uh, but but it really things are are shifting so very much. It's it's remarkable. Uh, DVR, which side do you take here? Because like I'm still looking at this. Like I've got to remember. So like Ian threw Joe Adele in the rundown, and he says the buying opportunity is over. Uh, but, I mean, you look at him, he's still hitting 196. Uh, Fabian Ardaya had a great story about how Mike Trout is kind of coaching him up and taking him under his, ring, uh, his wing. Um, but, like, I'm seeing this as things can change on a dime. And this is like when we tell people not to panic after the first month, we just finished the first month. A guy hitting 191 could come out of, quote-unquote, May hitting 278 uh, with, with, you know, not even catching your attention because he's just got a couple two-for-four games you know, three for six in a double header, one for four, a couple home runs here and there. And before you know it, you're like, these numbers are amazing. When did that happen? Uh, how are you approaching this last this last stretch run, I guess we can call it? I think I keep running into the same problem in that the thing that's been driving my decision-making has been playing time. And you can still get duped even when you're using playing time as your main source of truth for making decisions. And I think the, uh, the, the thing about the the numbers changing so quickly is you have to look at something smaller. You have to look at something that's more granular. You have to look at average exit velocity and max exit velocity and isolate skills because results are still so noisy. Like you could still look at X stats versus actual stats and see some pretty massive differences in actual projection versus the expected production, right? You could still have a 30 game stretch of mostly bad luck or mostly good luck for that matter. And I think people are losing sight of that just because of how close the end of the season actually is. It's, I mean, this is going to be fun. This is like obviously understating it. No season we've ever seen before, but it's going to be fun. So let's get into some of these transactions because I think they can help a lot of people um, who are maybe either you know, maybe it happened in their league. Maybe there are still some free agents out there. Obviously, this is the under the radar show, so these aren't going to be big, big names. But let me start with a closer, because the closers have been so weird and all over the place. And just when you think you've got a feel for a closer, they take him away from you. So Tony Watson went for $12 uh, in this league. Johan Ramirez went for $2. I have Johan Ramirez. That wasn't me. That was Scott, uh, Scott Gilroy who got him. But I have Johan Ramirez uh, in our Triple Crown League, in the, t- the Tyler Wade League. Uh, and I have him in a couple others. I think Johan Ramirez, I was a Carl Edwards guy. I think Johan Ramirez is the closer now. I understand why people might want to spend 10 more dollars on Tony Watson. But Ian, who would you rather have? Uh, Johan Ramirez. Um, but the, I, I think Johan Ramirez is going to have that job. Uh, Hirano is not looking great. Uh, so I was trying to pick up Ramirez everywhere. I think I lost the $2. Um, I think I just lost it for you know what, what, what place I was in on the waiver wire. 
Uh, Watson, I just don't know what the Giants are doing. I have this theory that Jeff Samarja is going to end up being the closer there. They're going to move him into the uh, into the bullpen when he comes back. And wouldn't he look just like the biggest badass closer in the world? Yeah, that guy's Jeff Samarja for a closer, man. That is, like, I, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like if he he would be he would be a guy who's going to get like seven million next year to be a, a reliever, a closer. Just going to come in. He's going to Al Roboski it up. I mean, he's got that Fu Manchu. He's got the long hair. He's like six seven. He's going to add like a little bit of like yeah to his game. Sub, it's, it's, Sub one fifty ERA kind of thing, right? Yeah. Sub one, it's, it's, sub one whip. It, it could happen. Yeah. I mean, all of a sudden he could start throwing hard again. But I do like Johan Ramirez. I, I, I did pick him up in a number of different places. He was good for dynasty leagues because you can stick him in your minor leagues, and uh, and so that that was the plan in a lot of different places. Uh, DVR Johan Ramirez actually, I knew about him from OOTP because uh, Jerry Depoto would not trade him to me. Uh, he was a Rule Five pick, I believe. Uh, coming in, he had like these crazy OTP gave him these crazy ratings. Um, so in my little you know trading, I wanted to add people on and I sort by stars. And Johan Ramirez was super high, and I actually looked him up because of that and fell in love with him. But uh, my love for Carl Edwards superseded that, and Edwards got hurt anyway. Uh, DVR was he on your radar at all? And uh, is is he someone who should be picked up almost universally at this point? He's got three saves now, all bunched together. Yeah, I mean, I think Hirano got the save on Sunday, and he gave up a long home run to start the inning. So it wasn't it wasn't at all a clean save situation for him. I look at Ramirez as the more skilled guy, but the problem is he's got 20-grade command. Like, how often do you see 20-grade command on a major leaguer? It comes with three above-average pitches, but 20-grade command, I mean... Like Benji Molina was a twenty grade runner. Just imagine that with like throwing the ball where you want to. Like that's <laughs> that's really bad, right? Like so it's it's scary, but you only need him to be good for three weeks. So my guess is that you're gonna get plenty of strikeouts, probably a bad whip, and probably a little higher ERA than what you're getting so far, but he's better than Hirano. At least he's more exciting than Hirano, and relative to the price for Tony Watson who's competing with Tyler Rogers for saves, among others, I'd rather have Ramirez on the cheap. Uh, by the way, Ian, you dropped uh, Felix Pena. I th- so I actually, when I was writing this, I'm like, oh, Ian added Felix Pena for $3. But you yeah. actually swapped that you dropped him. Um, you think that's it? It's Ty Butchery, Cambridge-Rosian situation there, and Pena's just... I-, I was really high on Felix Pena when he came in and saved the game the other day. Um, and I picked him up on Thursday night. Uh, for three bucks, he had just say. I think he had just gotten the save on Thursday, and I have been talking about Felix Pena as the closer, just full time. Like I just really believe that that was a, a real possibility, and and then he just really blew up over the weekend. And I thought to myself, you know what, it's just not worth it. And I went off and I traded. I made a trade in GDD at the deadline. Well, I guess we'll get into the trades. Well, we but. Can get it. Go ahead. Get, let's get into that because I want to know why you didn't reply to my text message. Oh, because you offered me. What I didn't offer, offer you anything. I said I'm about to trade. Uh, it was Garrett Cole, Maeda, whoever it was. I made was a lot of Bieber. trades. It was Shane Bieber. <laughs> Shane Bieber. I said about to trade Shane Bieber, and then nothing. Silence from me. Yeah, because he, no, because you made me an offer. You offered me Bieber for um, Manny Machado and Kyle Lewis. That's yeah, a pretty fair trade. No, it wasn't, and not, and, and it was it like. I thought I had considered the idea of going Machado for Bieber straight up because they're two of the top three players in in the game, and I just I, I looked at the stuff. Also, I was on vacation. You got to give me a pass. Okay, on well, that. I don't remember how your vacation started. 
Well, but that was that was literally it was it was while and I just looked and I was like I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna trade Machado and Lewis for Bieber and if we start here where are we going next and I also figured you would do pretty well what did you end up getting for Bieber honestly, you got something to, to be honest I don't it's remember it was a really good trade though I mean for both teams it was it wasn't like oh really good I, I ripped them off it was a good trade solid trade on both ends I had lots of uh, stolen bases I, which somehow I, every league I, I lead the league in stolen bases like apparently I'm I'm a just a speed guy. I just want as much speed as I can get. So I traded at the deadline with Derek Cardi, and I flipped him uh, Jonathan VR and got back Edwin Diaz and twenty five dollars fab, which kind of was it was kind of like perfect. It was kind of just what I needed because uh, Bass is, has lost that job. It looks like it looks like Delise until Giles comes back, and I, I'm kind of you know I'm still in third place right now in GDD. And I kind of would like to stay in the money. I think Steve Koz is going to take it away based on how things are looking. There's a lot of time left, man. There is a lot of time left. But, um, oh, but, oh, DVR yeah. and I made a trade, too. Where? Uh, yeah, it was it, yeah GDD. Not in GDD. He gave me no. uh, Carlos Correa and Tariq Skubal. I gave him Jose Iglesias and Kenta Maeda. Oh, yeah. Huh. There you go. Good trade. Let me look at that. I like it. I need. I'm collecting offense. I basically had all these great pitchers. I have like you really did have great pitchers. Yeah, I hit on pitchers and I couldn't. Hit, well, I had Judge and Stanton who I lost, and there was a third guy who I also lost. And I mean, they've essentially missed sixty percent of the season for me. If they don't come, you know, next week it'll be seventy percent of the season they've missed. Can I tell you about another trade that I made just at the trade deadline uh, when I got back? Only if it's in this league. It's not in this league, but it's 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 hysterical and it's bizarre and. It's going to be like, whoa, what a trade. And then I actually think I'm going to end up losing the trade. But if I, I want to tell you what it is. In labor, ale labor, um, I traded Miguel Andujar and, oh, God, the, uh, what's the guy's name from? Oh, it's one of my, my brain is just not awake here. Uh, the, the pitcher, DVR, the pitcher from Kansas City, lefty, who I love, minor league guy. Daniel Lynch. Yep, thank you. Daniel Lynch. Um, so Daniel Lynch and Miguel Andujar I sent to Tristan Cockroft, and Tristan sent me Tommy LaStella and Giancarlo Stanton, which sounds like I killed on that trade, right? I'm not sure. Andujar for, for LaStella, but Andujar, and, you know, Tristan needed an outfielder, and he was overloaded in the middle infield, and because of labor's weird rules, I felt like I had, you know, it was like, all right, I can, I can make a little profit here if Giancarlo Stanton comes back. And if he does, you know what I'm saying? So, like, we'll see what happens. But that was an interesting trade to see. I don't know if John Carlos Stanton's coming. Third place in sinking Yankees. I don't know if John Carlos Stanton's coming back. No, I think he comes back more likely than Judge. Talk about your partner, Derek Van Riper. Eno Saris in second place in AL Labor with a huge jump tonight. Huge. We're going to see so many jumps, I think, in the next couple of weeks. I mean, this is something. Holy smoke. I got 16.5 hitting points in GDD right now. I think I can get to 30, and that'll put me in the money, I think, if I can hold the line in pitching. How many points do you have right now? 79. How many points do you have, DVR? In GDD, I've got 64 and a half. Are you looking, or did you know that? No, I got the page open. All right. <laughs> that's, that's a DVR recall. I've got 100. you got 102.5 right now. Yeah. I'm in third. Okay. If I can get second, I'll be happy, because I just don't know that that Steve is is going to Why? He's, he's I mean he's look I know it sounds and looks kind of insurmountable. He's at 111. Uh next team is uh Dave at 104.5 and then Ronus at 101 and then you at 100.5. No, I'm at 102. Ronus is down to 99. I've got third. Oh, I'm Ronis not looking is- at the li- I'm looking at the league standings. 
Yeah, no, no. I've had a good day. Oh, it's been nice. a good day. Lance Lynn. Lance Lynn, baby. Lance Lynn. He went from 111 to 120. How, like it, On two different pages, he's gone from 111 to 120 points. See how quickly that can swing? Yeah, it's true. It's a 15-team league, so there are 15 points in every category. So you can go up five or six like with a couple good days. He has Bobby Dahlbeck hitting home runs for him tonight, is what Steve's got. Holy smoke. If Bobby Dahlbeck is on your... He's got Ryan Mountcastle. And, ooh, Nelson Cruz has had a day. Ooh, well, that'll do it. That's one of those five home run, nine RBI, ten run day, hitting 408. That'll, that'll get you somewhere. Yeah, that helps. Look, this is the worst time of the year to be in first place, though. Because right now I'm in first place in Tout Wars, and it's like, I gotta hold it. And you feel it. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, now, now it's close enough that you feel like you could win. It's like a horse race. Yeah, it's like, and I've got, you know, I'm up by three three games on everybody, on the top two other teams, and it's like, can I hold it? Can I hold the lead? It's hard. Yeah. It's, uh, it makes it, 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 it's stressful. This is the, this is a stressful time in fantasy baseball. But I mean, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. it's really fun. It's great. It's, it's so much fun. Let's hit, up a, let's hit up an email real quick, then we'll get back to some of these pickups, because I want to talk about Shogo Akiyama. DVR, you want to do the Woody question? Sure. Yeah, right. we'll take the Woody question. This one is from Woody, and he writes, When you don't have an easy drop, how do you decide who to let go? The example he gives is acquiring three players in a dynasty league and only trading one away. How do you choose your two drops to make room? Ian, how do you do that since you haven't spoken on this question yet? Do you offer those two guys to the other team? Just be like, you can take them. I'm going to drop them anyway. No, I never do that, actually. Um, I, I, three for one is three for one. Um He's obviously not going to drop Longoria, Keuchel, or Presley. Cole Calhoun was on my on one of my teams that I share with Robert Mershak. He was on the team. He was a bench player. It's like, hey, if I ever need to use him, I can use him. And then you come to the end of the week and you want to pick up Willie Castro, and so you got to drop somebody. And you just go, you know what, Cole Calhoun, I, I, you're not going to you're not going to be a player for me. Like you're never you're never really going to be a starter long term. The upside isn't there. That's what I kind of look at. Is that typically? Makes sense. You know, actually, Ian, you're like Johnny Goodwill with these trades. I think you would be the guy who's like, hey, we're friends. Uh, you know, we're on the phone talking. Yeah. Let me just give you these two guys because, uh, you know, I, that's how I roll. Listen, Tristan and I got on the phone on Monday because that was a trade deadline at noon. And he was texting me. He's like, well, what should we do? And I was like, listen, there's so many. Little, let's just get on the phone. And so we got on the phone and we talked for 15 minutes and we came up with a deal that worked for both players. And he came to my symposium at First Pitch Tampa this year where I was talking about Dynasty Leagues. And he was like, you know, you're totally right. Getting on the phone changes everything because then you can make things work for both teams as opposed to email to email to email. He's like, we just did a deal in 10 minutes to that, that will hopefully work for both teams. I was like, yeah, that's what it's all about. But if it's a three for one, I just had a situation recently with a player who I made a three for one trade with who I don't particularly like very much. And uh, and they they were like, give me the other two players. I was like, yeah, no, no, I don't, no, I don't like it that much. It was it was it, so it was a little personal. Otherwise, yes, I would give the other two players. I was thinking of that person at the time. Who was it? I'm not gonna tell you. I tell software. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. That was easy. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I want to give a quick shout out to uh, to. We got another sponsor. We got a brand new sponsor. It's Roman. Shout out to Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually, we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like "I lost my mojo." Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan, 
If medication is appropriate, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash baseball and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash baseball. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash baseball. GetRoman.com slash baseball. want to thank them for sponsoring this show and allowing us to uh, do this insane thing where we talk about spending $6 on Shogo Akiyama, which is coming up in a second. And we are back. Uh, and look, no one likes commercials, but you know they are helping the show, and they are helping the show a lot. And and people like the banter. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback on the show. I got to say, guys, they 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 are they you really love... getting feedback on your banter? I'm getting feedback literally on the banter. People call me up and they say, "I got to tell you, that show is so much fun. Where you guys banter off each other, fun, fun during the ads specifically." <sighs> That's who said it. It was Cushing. Cushing sent me a text that I thought was kind of terse. Nah, he just comes off as terse. He's not really terse. Yeah, I know. I've, I've known him for a while. I kind of yeah. get his uh, his tone. But yeah. I, I'm worried that, you know, when we were talking about the poor trade offer that was given to me, uh, he might have taken that to heart, you know. But I don't think he did. I, I think he's all right. I think he enjoys the show. I think he enjoys the show. Guys enjoy the show. They get to listen to me and you act like clowns and DVR act like the pro. Come on. The pro. He is. He's DVR's, a pro. You know, DVR is even bigger time. DVR, don't you have a Friday show with Brick Garoli now? Oh, she's on the Friday Rates and Barrels, yeah. Yeah, see? That's, uh, he's, he's mainstreaming. If you guys notice, there's a, there's a little bit more pep in the step of the Nando dude. It's because he's doing so many podcasts now. He's got some fantasy football podcasts that he's doing that apparently is his Rates and Barrels, his favorite show. The only, person who's, doing is, the only person who's doing their favorite show on the dang show is me. But it's but listen, when you it's like an, as an actor on, in, on stage, if you're doing a lot of plays and you're, you're doing a lot of you know, run-throughs of the show, you're very loosey-goosey, ready to go. And that's what my man Nando is doing these days, yo. That is very apt- like I obviously wasn't a stage actor, but I do kind of. That's that's. I do feel kind of like, yeah, I'm in a groove, man. You are, man. You're just yeah. like, hey, let's talk, right? Let's talk. Uh, so let's get to Shogo Akiyama. I picked him up for six bucks. It's my last six dollars. Why did you spend that much? Nobody. I thought was he was going to be like twelve. To be honest, I sorted by steals. Did anybody? Did anybody else do it? Well, it's you know what they're lost because he's two for two today with a wall. Did he steal a base today? Not yet, but he had three. Tyler Wade did. Uh, oh, right. what's Tyler Wade hitting? Not much, but he's stealing bases, <laughs> and for an AL only, it ain't so bad. I'm yeah, telling that's you, true. AL only. And we do, you know, AL what? we do only, need man. those steals in that. In that's that why. It's why. That's exciting. not why. You said he was going to hit for power. I did not. Kind of uh, DVR. Rewind that. DVR. I know the game a little bit. I I would never say that Tyler Wade's going to hit for power. You said 30 home run potential <laughs> in a regular season. What? what? <laughs> did he say that? <laughs> Rewind the tape, DVR, please. <laughs> DVR, bring it back. Sop up the break. Come on. Come on, Chibata. We know, need somebody to sop up this stuff. Did we ever actually answer Woody's question? I think so. Didn't I answer it by talking about the Cole Calhoun? I think that's DVR's way of saying we talked over him, and he didn't get to answer it. 
Oh, sorry about that. DVR, uh, what do you think about that question? I just don't know if we gave him criteria. Like, what should he be thinking about before cutting a player? Long-term value, right? So, especially for bench guys, I'm looking for guys that are eventually going to become something. So, if I have a choice between cutting Willie Castro or um, or Cole Calhoun, I'm going to cut Cole Calhoun because we've seen the best of Cole Calhoun, and the best is yet to come for Willie Castro. Okay, so you're in, especially a keeper in Dynasty Leagues, willing to give up the better player if you're not playing for right now to take a shot on the possible long-term better one. Though I would argue that Willie Castro is the better player right now. Yeah, there's a case for that. Yep. And there's no question that his upside is is far superior. So when I'm looking Dynasty League bench, I'm not trying to hold too many guys like that. You know, and then you know, you're always there are always gonna be guys to cut. There's always guys to cut. And you just gotta be you gotta be real about it and decide who you're gonna cut. Like John Lester. Frickin' John Lester. Boy, am I dumb. Johnny Segway. Oh man, who's <laughs> dumber than me? We, hey, we, uh, you know, we never finished talking about Shogo Akiyama. Okay, so what do you think? No, I just, I'm just kidding. I, I just think that people should take just a closer look at his recent stretch. That's all. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was heavily down on Akiyama, but I would love to see him come back because it, it does make some sense that a, a player would struggle as he first came into the major leagues, and he would sort of start finding his way. It would make some sense. I've got him, and I've got Sutsugo. And it's like it's like the march of the under two hundred players. My entire team. I'd say half of my teams, half of the players are under two hundred right now. It's it's incredible. If you find yourself really struggling with average in across your leagues, what does that say to you in terms of your original drafting at the beginning of the season? It says to me that this is April and we're entering May. No, no, no. I, I'm saying it for my own self because I'm finding oh. that I'm struggling with average in a number of leagues. That, like, overall, very good. Stolen bases, I'm, like, always at the top two or three. But average is just something that I'm struggling with, man. It's like I'm, like, 239, 241, which is typical for this season. But, you know, I'm not at the top. And I, I, I'd like to figure that out a little bit. Are you getting power from guys that strike out too much or guys that pull the ball too much or some combination of both. I mean, if you didn't intentionally ignore batting average on draft day, there's probably a type of player that you're buying a little bit too much that's giving you all the run production you want and all the power you want, but dragging you down in that batting average category. Or you're just unlucky across the board. But it's probably something a little bit tactical I think it's tactical. I think it's a hole in my game. I think it's a hole in my game. I mean, I'm looking, I'm pulling up GDD, although average on GDD looks pretty good right now. But like, well, I guess Chris Bryant hitting 200 is not helping anything. And Joey Gallo hitting 182 is really not helping anything. But that's what I was saying before. Like that little Rowdy Telez, man. This is like a memento. Like remember Sammy Jankis. Like this could change (laughs) very quickly. Yeah. Okay. I, I think it's great. I, I'm just trying to, you know, when you when you see a hole in your game, at least for me, when I see a hole in my game like that, where I'm like, eh, I'm in like eighth or ninth place in average everywhere, or sometimes 13th, you know, or 12th or 13th, whereas my stolen bases are always high, my home runs and RBIs are high. I'm just not accounting for average enough. I think. But that, I mean, but that's in a in a 60 game season. You're not. Does that happen every year? Because it doesn't happen every year. For no, me. it doesn't. It doesn't happen every year. But it, but it's happening. It this year it's happening on a pretty consistent basis. I mean, it's it's, you know, some leagues it doesn't matter. Like in Tout Wars, it doesn't matter what your batting average is because it's almost an OBP world over there as a as a points league. Um, but labor, well, labor has gotten better. I mean, I don't know. It's just I, I, average is hard to. It's hard to get your average up when it's low. You know, it's hard to trade for average. Yeah, but see, that's that's you talking like 
it's September for real. I, I hear you. That's all. It's a seven-game hitting streak that'll bring you from 240 to 290. Yeah, maybe you're right. Okay. I mean, I've seen it happen. I, I didn't realize, like, I honestly, and it, maybe this is bad for me to say out loud, but I did not realize Rowdy Telez is hitting 291. Like, in my brain, I'm following Rowdy Telez going from, like, you know, barely 200 to 230 to 240 all through the month of August. And in my brain, I'm like, all right, Rowdy Telez hitting 240, but he's got a lot of power and he's hits in a good lineup, so I'm okay with that. I got to say this, Nando. I gave you a hard time about Jose de Leon last week, and I was sort of saying that, like, if you know, follow Taylor. But you are all, you're all over Rowdy Telez, and Rowdy Telez is going to help teams win leagues this year. And you've been you've been talking about him since. I mean, you know, it's the it's the funny thing. It's like you come out with these crazy names. Sometimes you hit a hit a grand slam, and sometimes you strike out. But Rowdy Telez was definitely a we'll Jose. Give Jose De Leon some time. Okay. All right. I, uh, you, know. T- you know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'll take. Sounds it. good. Uh, I want to get a couple of DVR moves, and actually one in particular DVR. You got Dalton Varsho for a dollar, and this this to me. So like I'm I've kind of had a late pivot, and I'm wondering if you've you've done the same. And Ian, this goes for you too, but. I wish I would have gotten better, like one better catcher, and then I could have had two kind of okay ones who I could rotate in. Because I'm seeing it now, like these these leagues that went, you know, forget about the keeper league, like we're just going to play it this year, one single league, or forget about the weekly transactions this year, we're just going to do daily transactions in terms of lineup changes. Rotating in the catcher for me, because I'm having trouble getting at bats from other places because all these guys are out. I would have loved to that extra like it's every single day not in lineup not in lineup not in lineup and I'm like I just wish I would have had just one better catcher who would have gotten me good stats and the other two I could have just rotated in and out when they're not in lineup. Are you did, was that at all motivated with the Dalton Varsho thing or did you just want a good one dollar catcher? I just wanted someone playing more. I think I cut Kurt Suzuki because he's sharing with Jan Gomes and I think with Varsho you're just hoping for lightning in a bottle because he's got power, he's got speed, he's getting a lot of playing time in the outfield. He plays center field, he plays some left field. He DHs sometimes. He's even caught a few games recently. But yeah, I think he started eight consecutive games and he just homered again tonight on Tuesday night. So finally with regular playing time, maybe he's going to settle in a little bit. I mean, there's probably a pretty low batting average floor for him the rest of the way as someone who didn't play above double A in the minors and had such inconsistent playing time earlier in the season. But I just saw more playing time. I basically saw... The same thing everybody saw in Isaiah Kiner-Falefa, like catcher eligibility with a lot of playing time. Yes. But I saw even better skills at the high end if it clicks. It probably won't click until next year or beyond, but I figured that was a gamble worth taking, especially, I mean, if you're in a position where you're trying to make up ground like I am in GDD, for a dollar, why not take the guy that could do everything behind the plate? Ian, uh, you threw Joe Adele, under the radar Joe Adele, into the rundown. Uh, yeah. In a weird place, but whatever. Uh, what's what did you want to talk about? I know, like sometimes when you give you the floor, you actually it's it's like this very enlightening. Like, oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, thanks, I appreciate that. Well, the the thing is that we talked on the show. I think it was two weeks ago about now is the time go buy yourself Joe Adele um, because he's struggling, right? And what we just saw over this past weekend was he had a couple of games in a row. He hit a home run. I uh, had a walk off. Had a couple of walk off hits. Um, he made a he stole a home run in the outfield. Like he just looked like a really good baseball player, and he had not looked that way up until that point. He didn't look like a guy who belonged in the major leagues yet. And the fact that he is that he does now look that way um, makes it really hard to buy him in dynasty leagues. Now most trade deadlines are passed. so it doesn't matter. I just was sort of making note of what you're saying is that like things change week to week. 
You know, I mean, the values on guys really, really change. So, you know, that's why I threw him in there. I mean, I threw some other guys in there that are under the radar guys that like people should be looking oh, let's at. Go to pro. Right we just now. go to Profar. You put double question marks. Yeah. After him. Well, no, it's just Profar is. You know, we we make fun of we we make fun of ourselves for talking about Profar. But if you look at what Profar has done over the course of the last couple of weeks, he's playing the way we kept thinking he could play one day. That's that's all I just wanted to point out. And he's got the dual eligibility, which is really valuable, especially in a crazy year like this. I just wanted to sort of mention this, like, hey, if Profar is available on your wire, it's a good time to buy. Another guy that I've been talking about is Yimer Candelario. And if you don't believe, like I had somebody on Twitter who was like, why would you pick Yimer Candelario? Why is he on your top 400? It was like, because he's good and because he's young and because yeah. he's got a great future. I like all – there's a lot of opportunity in that Detroit system right now with – um with Willie Cat, Willie Frickin' Castro, Jorge Bonifacio, now with with Jones injured with the wrist, Bonifacio is going to get. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm thinking. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> Emilio Bonifacio. Right. This is, I believe, his brother. Right, DVR is it his brother. Don't know if they're related. Good question. I think that I think uh, they're yeah, I think they're related. Um, but Jorge Bonifacio, Heimer Candelario, and Willie Frickin' Castro, like those are three guys that if they're available in any kind of keeper or dynasty, and Willie Castro was available everywhere last week, and I got him in I think every dynasty league I got him in, and I am loving Willie Frickin' Castro. When Jorge Bonifacio grew up playing baseball in the Dominican Republic, he'd only ever wanted to be like his older brother, Emilio. Yes. Wow, look at that. You know what's crazy? doesn't say that on baseball reference. Well, yeah, nothing on, nothing on B-Ref. And not, not, the, not the speedster, for sure, not the speedster that his brother is. But boy, does he have power. I liked him when he was in Kansas City. And then, look, he's got an opportunity now. So make something of it. You know, with Victor Reyes, there was a question that people asked about Victor Reyes and what kind of a ball player he is. He's a really good ball player. That's the kind of ball player he is. I still believe in Christian Stewart. Kristen hey, Stewart. and you should. And there's uh, another player. In and the, Travis Demerit. They actually do have, they got a lot, man. Their pitching they, is amazing. In AL, I don't know about that, but in AL. Oh, you don't think about Scooball, Matt Manning, uh, Casey Mize. Yeah, yeah. They, few, uh, they the, still got Matt Boyd, right? Yes, and Matt Boyd, if if you you know buy him now, you can't because he's been so good the last three weeks. You take those four, and then they sign a random dude for you know two years, forty five million. That's a rotation. I mean, I don't know, bro. I think they're two years away, and I think that they've got the the Miguel Cabrera contract. It's just you know, I think the teams have to kind of think this through a little bit more about these ten year deals. I just think I think that's going to be a bad contract. I was talking with uh, about, about John Carlos Stanton with Tristan Cockroft after we made the trade, and we were, as both kind of intense Yankee fans, we're just like that contract is going to suck. It's just never going to get better. Yeah, but you got to. I mean, you got to do it to get the guy, or else yeah. he's going to go somewhere else. Listen, if Otani had not signed with the with Los Angeles Angels, we would not have Stanton, and it's just been it's been very frustrating as a Yankee fan. And the Yankees, just let me say this, the Yankees are so bad right now. They are they are almost unwatchable how bad they are. It's really impressive. I mean, people are talking about firing Aaron Boone and you don't want to hear that and I don't want to hear that and I like Aaron Boone, but the team is bad. Oh, Rotoware sent me a Savages shirt. Did they? Yeah, well I ordered so Rotoware's got this uh, mystery shirt thing for like 8 bucks. So I'm like, "All right, let me get 3 of them. I like the guy." I mean, I think Jake told me he was trying to get rid of some shirts. Um, and so I'm like, all right, I'll order three. I like how they fit. Uh, so one of them was the Savages, one of the Bronx Savages. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. 
No, no, Roto Wear is amazing. Let's just no, I don't mean Roto Wear. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I mean as, as Yankee fans. Another guy that just some guys I want to throw out there. Yeah, go ahead. You know, no big deal. So they're all, you put them all on the rundown. Brent Rooker, uh, who just got called up to Minnesota, is somebody who who people he was been accused of being a quad A player, but he's not. I mean, well, maybe he is, but he's playing and they like him. And I don't uh, think there's he, such a thing as a quad A player. Do you DVR? I think it's just someone who hasn't gotten the right opportunity yet. <laughs> that's a that's a glass half full sort of approach. Um, I, look, a lot of the people who are you know accused of it are actually so Jed Jerko was that before they actually gave him a full time role and stopped changing his position all the time. Actually, you should name your teams Quad A because you love those guys, Darren Ruff, and they do come Darren through. Ruff, yeah, that's that's what I'm he, saying. Darren Ruff like, is the prime Quad A player. Daniel Palka, Matt Davidson, right. That, these are these are you could. <laughs> those are not could, two of my. Those are not two of my specials. Those are guys. Those are the kinds of guys I think of though when people say quad A, like the big power, right, Brent, no real defensive position. Yep. Brandon Wood. Yeah, I mean Brandon Wood. I guess it, man, big miss for everybody. I guess every single year. Brent Rooker, do, would you call him a quad A? I think you have to be stuck in the minors for a while before you could even. Get that tag. He hasn't quite been there long enough. He's he really he's more in the Nando. Hasn't had his chance yet. Cool. I think you got to be twenty eight. How about like we set that age at twenty eight, and so you can be well. Rooker's like twenty five. Unfairly called a quad A player. I mean, he's gone one level per year since twenty seventeen. Right? He was high A in twenty seventeen, double A in twenty eighteen, triple A in twenty nineteen. So quad A to me means you've stalled out at triple A in terms of being a quality player. You've had a couple call-ups. You haven't been able to hit enough or pitch well enough to stick, and you keep doing the up-and-down thing, and Rooker hasn't had to do that yet. No, nope, yeah, we're, right. we're calling him Quad A, man. They gotta, who's, who's doing that, Ian? Name names. No, not going to. All right. Ding. Luke Weaver. <laughs> That's a scouting report, then. If it came from ding, it, it's looking forward. Yeah. He says he's a Quad A guy. That's, that is correct. That's very oh. different coming from him than you know, calling him that, just saying that's what he is already. No, no, no. It was just when we were, whenever we discussed that player, he would go, I just don't see the upside there. I think he strikes me as a quad. Um, and I understand that. And, and, but, but I will say he's been fun to pick up if he's available in Dynasty Leagues because also he's a good player to flip in the offseason, too. Like if he can have a decent end of the season, he's the kind of guy that like you can sell and you can get something that you want. Did you want to continue with your? Uh... Yep, Brandon Belt, Adam Duvall, Brandon Belt, Adam Duvall. Go, go get Brandon Belt. Is is being the Brandon Belt that everybody said Brandon Belt was going to be? We well, you know why because Buster Posey's out. They don't have him taking all those first base at bats anymore. I don't think it's that. I, I think, think it is, man. If you knew some guy was going to come take your position every five days, wouldn't you be like, this sucks? I can't get into his groove. He's he's the kind of guy that strikes me as like the guy who finally went from. Remember we talked the freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. Like he's finally like a, a a junior, almost a senior, and he's like, it's my it's my team now. Oh, it's my team. You know, it's the only thing I can think of. He always seems like such a nice. I, I think guy. it's because some guy's not coming and taking his position. Maybe twenty percent. Maybe right of the Maybe. time. Think about that. All right, Ian, would you be able to get into a groove if every four shows I'm like, well, someone's t- you know, uh, uh, Alex Cushing's. <laughs> It's Alex Cushing's show, so sit this one out, buddy. <laughs> right? Wouldn't you be like, well, you know, what happened? Guys, I missed the last show. What happened? I got out of a groove. I got out of my rhythm. All right. Well, I I, I, I think it's something 
Well, these are these are Ian points. Why am I making? Yeah, yeah, that's what. That's why I was just kind of backing backing myself away. So you're saying that Buster Posey? Can we also say that maybe? I mean, just throwing this out there that Madison Bumgarner used to be mean to him, and now like he used to look at him and go, "You're nothing but a belt, dude." And then Madison Bumgarner's gone, so he's like feeling more comfortable in the clubhouse. Like that 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 might. Are you imagining that? Or is yeah? I just made made all that up. We could say Mauricio Dubon bake some cookies once a week, and it cheers him up every Tuesday. Okay. By the way, Justin Upton did go on a ridiculous run, uh, and then tonight Lance Lynn hit him in the hand two times, and he's out of the game. After I spent $132 on him in Tower Wars, and nobody else bid on him. Upton's hand and my foot are in the same <laughs> painful state right now. I'm telling you, man, if that, if that was the injury that, that uh, and, and a baseball player came in and said, I was uh, taking out the uh, eggplant lasagna and the... Uh, Hamburgers fell on my foot, and uh, I'm, uh, I gotta go in the aisle. Yeah, everyone would think you're lying. Like they'd say, "So what weird thing were you doing? Were you actually hurt?" Exactly. Your foot? <laughs> well, time out. DVR, you're just skipping over that was his first ever DVR impression, and it was Keanu Reeves. Was it? Was it? No, no, it wasn't. No, no, no I wasn't doing DVR there. Oh, I wasn't sure? doing DVR. I'm positive. <laughs> no, that was a generic ball player. It's Keanu Reeves, it was generic ball player. No, right. I was doing okay. I was doing generic baseball oh, player right. like trying that. to get away with uh, you know that that he dropped hamburgers. Yeah, that was sheepish ball player going to Skip and telling him that he dropped meat on his foot. Dropped <laughs> meat on my foot, and then that's why. And maybe that's why managers used to call players meat all those years ago because some guy tried to pull that. All right, meat. You know that right? Bob Lemon used to call everybody meat. How you doing, meat? I don't even know why, but that's what he used to call everybody. I know that more from uh, Bull Durham. Come on, meat. Give me that weak ass beep. Yeah, that's a good movie. Man. Said it. Nah, oh, t- hey. But, uh, side note: I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Ted Lasso, but uh, looked terrible with all the promotion, and it's one of the funniest shows I've ever seen. Mm, it's an Apple Plus it. show. It's amazing. Is it really? Yeah, it's, dude. I, I didn't think like I saw like billboards and I saw little ads for it. I'm like, no, just get it away from me. This is one of those stupid whatever shows. But it's not. It's got a. It's got like a like a Thirty Rock. Um, the good place kind of vibe. I was listen. I was about. I was deciding whether I was going to tell a, a Jason Sudeikis story and why I don't like Jason Sudeikis. And I thought to myself, No, nah, I don't tell that. Nobody cares. No, I think and then you, you mentioned Thirty Rocks, so and now I got to tell it. I auditioned to play Liz Lemon's boyfriend, and I thought I did so well. This was like season one, right back in the day, and I auditioned to play it. And they gave it to Jason Sudeikis, and ever since then, I've been like, Screw you, Sudeikis. Wait, that's why? Because it was yeah, someone she knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they put me through the audition. I mean, I didn't even—I don't even think I got a callback. I think I just thought I did really well. I probably wasn't really that good. But ever since then, I'm like, oh, screw you, Sudeikis. Like, why did I even bother to go in? Let me tell you something. There's Give the part. Give he's the part. amazing in this, and I can't even explain. Like, it, it'd be a huge spoiler, I think, if I say why I really, really like him. But there was this uh, Broadway show I saw that he was kind of like a surprise part of that was amazing. And so, like, I'm, I'm like the world's biggest. J- I've done a 180 on Jason Sudeikis. Do you have? You know, it's interesting you're saying this. He kind of looks like DVR. Like, if you found out that they were cousins, that wouldn't surprise you, would it? I don't know. We have to turn our cameras on again. To, I really gotta see that. I need the visual. No, he looks like DVR. I can, you know, I mean, I can see that. I don't know. DVR. DVR do you think you look like Jason Sudeikis? I uh, I don't see it. I I've I get Tony Romo as a comp. I get. To, I used to get Tony Romo as a comp too. Oh, I get that all the time. Do you really? No, no. I just want to be part of the. Just want to be part of the crew. All three of us. <laughs> On a couple occasions, random places like festivals around Wisconsin, like I'll go to get a ear of corn or something at a festival. 
corn. How great is that? He the, went to get an ear of corn. The guy hands They're me right. the, the nice uh, ear of corn, and he says, hey, you look like Tony Romo. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, thanks. Like, I, I'm Guys, not. No people tip. listening, everyone listening, you have to enjoy the fact that he just did that whole bit about the ear of corn. And the episode, the ear of corn has to be our secret word for the week. Ear of corn, one word, and it has to be this, somewhere in the promotion of the episode. It has to say ear of corn. Can you just make the picture an ear of corn? Instead of a baseball player this time? I'll try. I'll try to get an right. ear of corn to put in the, the promo. Ear of corn. So, you know, I just went to, to an outdoor <laughs> you know Getty festival has to get an ear of oh, corn. They probably have a cornfield or something. You know what? I got that. Also, I was leaving the parking garage. I think it was like the Nashville airport driving a compact car. So, like you know, like a Nissan Versa. DVR, can we back to baseball, please? No, come on, let him talk. <laughs> no, I'm messing with him. He's the come last one to take us off track. Seriously, <laughs> you're gonna get him. I want to hear what happened at the freaking airport. Same scenario. I'm checking out with the rental car, and the guy goes, and "They hey, gave you an ear of corn." You look Sorry, like Tony Romo, and I just thought Tony Romo would never drive this POS car. Like, there's no chance that any famous person would drive as cheap of a rental car as I drive. Well, no, no a couple way. things. One, you have a blue check mark, so you're kind of a famous. That person. is, yeah, that's true. And two, the question I have for you is. Uh, did they give you an ear of corn? No, oh, there was no corn at the rental car place in the Nashville airport. Wisconsin. Did you ever hear that story about the guy who would drive across? You just made me think of this because it could be just a great distraction if you had a trunk full of corn. The guy who would drive across the Canadian border and always had two big buckets of dirt in the back seat. And the guy at the border, you know, the guy at the border was like, hey, how's it going? Oh, great. How are you? You know, you know I'm sorry. I got to check your dirt. He's like, okay, no problem. Goes, checks the dirt. He goes, all right, totally clean. This goes on for years, years and years. Cross the border. They get to know each other. You know, hey, Jim. Hey, Tom. How you doing? Oh, great. You know, here you go. I got to check your dirt. Like, all right. No problem. Finally, guy comes through one last time. Has the two things of dirt in the back. And the, the guy working the booth says, listen, I just can I just ask you? Or, sorry, he comes through. He's like, this is my last day. I'm going to retire. I'm going to hit the Caribbean. You may never see me again. I just want to say thanks. Treat me with respect, whatever, whatever. Because I just got to ask you, will you please just tell me this? What is it that is in these two things of dirt? He goes, oh, the dirt was just a distraction. I've been stealing cars driving across the border. <laughs> you just made me think of that, DVR. You could put a trunk of corn in there and have people check it out and be like, I'm stealing a car. I'm going to tell you this. That joke is not very good. It's not a joke. It's a story. It's not a very good story. I could have told it better. I haven't told it in a while. It's not a good joke. It's not a good story. But you told it really well. So it was amusing. <laughs> I'm just telling you that if you weren't doing all these other fantasy football, if you weren't doing all these other podcasts, that story might have fallen flat. But I can tell you as a listener to the story, that was a good story. I enjoyed that. Thanks. It was a cobwebby. Yeah. Uh, let's yeah. get the, Joey's got a Twitter question. DVR, what do we think of Victor Reyes long term? Go. I like him. DVR? Yeah, I, I kind of like him. I think Joey suggested peak Adam Eaton with a little less OBP. I think that's a fair categorical copy in. Yeah, sure. That's like a 15 homer. 12 to 15 steel guy who hits high in the order and scores a lot. And that's that, that, that guy could solve my average problem too. He could. And I liked him when he was in Arizona. I don't know if you remember there was, I think it was 2018. He was down in Arizona and he was hitting like 400 in triple a. Like he just was hitting, getting hits all the time. I think he had like a really long hitting streak. I seem to remember something that drew attention to Victor Reyes. And then they didn't protect him and he got rule five, I believe in 2019. I think that's all right. I'm sure someone could. Didn't hit correct. 400 anywhere, but he did get rule fives. So half no, credit. Did, didn't, wait, wait, wait. Isn't there a year that he hit over 340? In rookie ball for 31 games in Atlanta. 
No, no, no. That's not it. It was in Arizona. It was the Arizona's. 303 at high A, 292 at double A, 311 at low A. So good minor league player. Quintuple A. He's a quintuple A player. No, he's not. (laughs) All right. Well, ear of corn, guys. Ear of corn. There's some awesome stuff going on at The Athletic. And it starts, actually, if you're listening to it on Wednesday the 9th, we're launching a major, major thing. It's breaking news. It's kind of like we're we're almost like reinventing Twitter in a way. It's really, really awesome. Uh, and it's it's not just like a gimmick. It's coming from, and we've been doing literally behind the scenes, I'd say over a month of pro- weeks and weeks of practice on this, behind the scenes that have gone nowhere. And you've seen, and I think it's cool, like as a fantasy player, we all read like whether it's baseball, football, whatever, you see these names and you're like, oh, uh, I don't know, Mark Caballi. I've followed that guy for like 10 years. And you just see him in the background helping to make this thing work and writing these things that are going to go nowhere he knows, but just to make sure that it's ready to go for launch. And so the launch is going to be probably today if you're listening on the 9th, maybe yesterday if you're listening on the 10th, but it's going to be awesome and there's been a lot of effort and everyone's kind of bought into it and it's just really awesome. So, uh, I don't know. If you like it, if you're into that kind of thing, you'll probably catch it because they're going to be there's like TV commercials are involved in this. But uh, it's like the best of the best buying into this new thing that I think is really going to bring in a lot of people and a lot of attention and just make the site like a thousand times cooler. Uh, because now it's like you get the best writing, but you know, like 10 to 15 to 20 percent of someone's time is going to be with these quick hit updates and replying to other people's updates. And it's just I don't know. There's like a very good sense of community and everybody's all in on this and it's just awesome. So anyway, I guess celebrating that, theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast. It's pretty it's good, man. A great it's deal, so right? It's Listen, a great deal. It's more than a great deal. I mean, you've got some we've got the best writers, man. Like really the best. And they're all very kind. Like almost like they're just very kind. And but they're also the guys you want to read. Yeah. And girls and women. I'm sorry, yes. I apologize. Yes, absolutely. And so it's definitely worth uh, it's definitely worth the support of it. Absolutely. Without question. Yeah. It's it's well worth it. Theathletic.com slash fantasy baseball podcast if you want to check that out. Uh, anyway, we gotta go. Uh, DVR is sweating because we know he's got another show at eleven. It's eleven oh one. So for the <laughs> for the man who's gonna be limping his way to the El Melchior podcast. I wonder how many bones in my foot are actually broken right now. I'm gonna say two. Two's a good start. I had an Ian Khan thing to say, but I'm not gonna, and I'll tell you why off air. Ian Khan. Later, my friend. See you next time. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you next week. Good luck turning things around if you're in the doldrums like a couple of us. Bye-bye. Good talk. <laughs>